Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This is Metroscope, an Intercom Radio Portland public affairs program. I'm Gary Bloxham, and the 4th of July is coming right up. And the best thing to be on the 4th of July, besides patriotic, is to be safe. On the show this time, I would like to welcome Jason Trout. Jason is the regional manager of TNT Fireworks. Hey there, Jason. Good morning. Thank you for having me. Certainly. So uh, this time of year, I would assume, is quite busy for you. It's, it's that time of year for the 4th of July. We are starting to put up our tents and our fireworks stands, and we're starting to get ready to distribute product to all of our locations in Oregon and Washington. Uh, it's uh, Being in the state of Oregon and in the state of Washington, there are lots of rules that are different when you cross the state line, isn't it? They're very different. The state of Oregon allows ground-based sparkler fountains uh, the state of Washington allows all types of aerials depending upon what municipality you're in. So you really need to check the regulations on where you are to make sure that what you're shooting or purchasing is legal. Did some of the uh, fireworks rules in Washington state change recently? Washington's state laws are, are local municipality rules are always changing. They always are trying to restrict whether it be the time of uh that you can shoot during the fireworks season or the time that we can sell during the fireworks season or even the types of items that, that we're able to sell during the fireworks season. So if you're going to go out and shoot fireworks in the state of Washington, you definitely need to be current on what you're going to purchase. And a great resource for that is just going to the fireworks tents and stands out there. Uh, the majority of those fireworks locations, um, the people running them are nonprofit groups. Uh, and the majority of them are very well educated on what's legal in specific municipalities, uh, what you can shoot, when you can shoot. Uh, so it, they are a great resource for trying to figure out to make sure what you're doing is legal. Do they check your ID to see if you're from Oregon? They, they don't check your ID <laughs> to see if you're from Oregon, but they will check to see if you have an ID because they can't sell to anyone under the age of 16. Okay. So they certainly will, if you appear to be under uh, age, they, they will definitely check for that, for sure. And to complicate things even more, when you are talking about purchasing fireworks on an Indian reservation, the, the rules are different there too. Yeah, sometimes, sometimes. if you're on sovereign land uh, on reservations or Indian tribal land, um, it's really dictated by what the tribes, uh, you know, the laws that they have. And the majority of the fireworks locations that you'll find on tribal land um, have been there for a long time. And there are generations of families that have run these locations for years and years. And they're accustomed to selling what they can typically sell. And then a lot of times, um, you know, they're not restricted by any sort of state regulation, much less federal regulations. And so um, if you go out to tribal land to, uh, you know, purchase fireworks, you need to be very, very careful on what you're buying. And make sure that once you take it off tribal land, you could be in possession of something that isn't legal for you to have 
either federally or from a state perspective. So you do need to be very, very aware of that. One of the easiest things, um, ways to tell if something's legal or not is by looking at the labels. And if the label on the firework appears to have warning labels on it and it shows um, how to shoot a specific item, typically it's going to be governed by the by the uh, United States uh, Consumer Product Safety Commission and it's probably a legal item. So many things to think about with fireworks. It, it is. You know, one of the things that we've found um, working with the ATF in Washington, um, you know, they do find and confiscate a lot of illegal fireworks on Indian land. And they are really the ones that are doing the enforcement of illegal fireworks, whether or not they're coming in from China or coming in from Canada or coming in from Mexico. Uh, that's kind of the way that these guys have figured out how to get around the state laws um, to be able to bring them in. You know, 90% of the fireworks in the world are produced in China. Certainly 90% of the fireworks that are coming into the United States are produced in China. The Chinese don't particularly care what they send you. They'll send you whatever you want. <laughs> if you know what you want, you want some sparklers or you want some uh, artillery shells or you want something that's illegal, they're not bound by what's legal in the United States. So they'll be happy to send you whatever you want. So the Internet has opened up a whole new thing. Can you order Chinese illegal fireworks on the Internet? I'm sure. assuming you can. It's interesting, you know. Beginning maybe in the early 90s, there were probably a handful of wholesalers that could go to China, bring in containers of fireworks, and then distribute them for, for sale in the United States. With the advent of the internet and how much more popular it's gotten, anybody could go online, find a manufacturer in China, strike a deal with this manufacturer in China, they'll send you a container full of whatever you want. As long as you pay for it, they'll be happy to ship it to you. Now, once it gets here, you know, it, it is, um, it could get inspected by the Consumer Product Safety Commission, which is what governs the fireworks, or the Department of Transportation, which also governs fireworks, because obviously we have to transport the fireworks okay, yeah. from the port yeah. to get them to wherever they're going. So those are the two entities from a federal standpoint that really govern fireworks. The Consumer Product Safety Commission um, actually has standards for each individual item that are legal within the United States. And then the state's could potentially restrict those items a little bit more like the state of Oregon has done and only allowing ground-based sparkler fountains. And those agencies that are enforcing those rules are not trying to spoil your fun, right? They're trying to keep everybody safe. They're, they're trying to keep everyone safe. That's right. No, they're not trying to spoil the fun. And, and one of the issues that the industry as a whole has with the Department of Transportation and the Consumer Product Safety Commission is that their standards aren't always the same. And so we're trying to meet one set of standards for transportation. And in some instances, a looser uh, restriction on each specific item. So we can't transport it there, but we can sell it once we get it there. And so those are some of the issues that, that we have with those two government agencies. And they don't always talk to each other and they don't always particularly want to talk to each other. So, um, you know, it does make it a little bit more difficult for us as an industry to try to comply. Now, you know, back in the early 80s, um, 
the Consumer Product Safety Commission came to the industry and said, if you guys don't do something, um, you know, we're just going to outlaw fireworks altogether. M80s, cherry bombs, all sorts of items that used to be illegal. Um, the industry actually got together and said, these are dangerous items. These are items that we no longer want to sell federally in the United States. Um, and so what ended up happening was the industry s identified a problem because once we purchased fireworks from China and they came over on a container and we took possession of them, if they were illegal, we couldn't send them back to China and get our money back. So now we have all these fireworks here that aren't safe fireworks. We can't sell them and they're just sitting here. So that what the industry decided to do was go in and set up their own testing laboratory in China. So now what happens is 90% of the fireworks that are coming into the United States get tested in China to the Consumer Product Safety Commission standards <laughs> prior to coming here. So we know once we receive it here, um, you know, it's legal and safe for us to be able to sell. That's a really interesting concept to be able to, to kind of head it off at the pass, I guess. If we hadn't done that, we wouldn't be able to sell fireworks today the way that you see it and, and the amounts that we are selling it. I mean, the sales continue to increase and the, in, the injuries continue to come down. So the fireworks are so much more safer now than they've mm -hmm. ever been. Um, and, you know, I think it's an interesting thing that the industry kind of identified that, hey, man, this is going to be a problem for us. If we don't do something about this, none of us are going to have any jobs. Right. We're talking today with Jason Trout. Jason is the regional manager of TNT Fireworks. Now, TNT Fireworks is a member of the American Pyrotechnic Safety and Education Foundation. Is that correct? That's correct. So the American Pyrotechnic Association sponsors the American Pyrotechnic Safety and Education Foundation, or APSEF is what we call it. Okay. And TNT is certainly a sponsor of that. Now, um, the American Pyrotechnic Safety and Education Foundation uh, has taken the tack that we want to educate younger children on the safety of fireworks, but not only the safety, the history of fireworks, uh, the, the mathematics that go into fireworks, the chemistry that goes into fireworks, all sorts of teaching tools that will allow teachers to um, present fireworks because we know all kids love fireworks, but also be able to um, teach them a lesson based on some of those things that I just spoke about. So what the foundation decided to do was create a curriculum that teachers could go to their website, which is celebratesafely.org. They could go to that website. They could download curriculum that you know has worksheets, it has teacher's guides, it has everything um, on the website that a teacher could download to be able to go into her class and actually teach a lesson based on the history or the chemistry or the mathematics of fireworks. Super interesting. Too bad school's not still in session, right? Yeah, you know, it's interesting. <laughs> We've tried really hard to be able to get curriculum adopted in certain school districts. And you know, there's a huge need for um, well-received curriculum. So the foundation has hired Inez Tenenbaum. She was the state school superintendent from the state of South Carolina. 
She was also the head of the Consumer Product Safety Commission. So we felt like in hiring her, it gave us, um, you know, the ability to be able to go into school districts and say, look at this curriculum. It is a great curriculum. It is an easy way for teachers to be able to teach these certain things using fireworks because we know kids are interested in learning about fireworks. Mm -hmm. We know they want to learn how they work or the chemistry behind what causes a red color or a green color or even the history. Where did they come from? How long have we had fireworks? Certainly makes your chemistry class a lot more interesting. It, it certainly does. And, and, you know, there are certain people within our industry that are really sort of, for lack of a better term, gurus on fireworks. And we have several professors, um, two actually doctors that are on the foundation's board of directors that, you know, one of them uh, teaches a, a class in college. He's at uh, the University of Purdue, Purdue University in, in uh, Indiana, teaches a class on fireworks. So it's, it's really a great thing. The other thing that the foundation has are a whole bunch of safety videos. And what they've done is they've trademarked this one character. His name is Dr. Sparks. You can go to the website. You can download the videos. You can look at the videos. We're about to come up with a brand new video next week that's on sparkler safety. Sparklers are something that's familiar to the majority mm -hmm. of the population. I would think that the majority of people out there have shot, have lit sparklers and used sparklers, not only at the 4th of July, but at New Year's and other times mm -hmm. of year. Um, and we wanted to make sure that because it's such a popular item, that people understand how to use the sparklers, um, you know, safely without causing any harm to anyone. Sparklers were just about the only firework that I ever got as a kid. Kind because your family wouldn't let you or <laughs> yeah my dad just was like nope we're not going to burn the neighborhood down yeah it's interesting you know we run into people all the time i grew up in the industry so i was never allowed to play with fireworks right yeah. like i would get in trouble and then we hear these other people that are like oh well you know what i did with this or you know how i altered this or and those are the things that the foundation is trying to prevent we want people to understand that fireworks are intended to be used in a specific way and any time that you go alter it or do something uh, to an item that it wasn't intended for, it becomes extremely dangerous because at the end of the day, it's still fire right. and we're still messing with fire. And, and we, chemical reactions. And chemical reactions. And we need to have, um, you know, a common courtesy to understand that this device was intended for this and not for these other things that we're trying to do. What's the difference between consumer fireworks and display fireworks? Display fireworks are the big ones you see. Right. So at any sort of uh, event, be it during the 4th of July, I know that we have one here uh, in Vancouver at the Fort mm -hmm. uh, every year. They have a huge display show, which... <clears throat> uses fireworks that are not legal for um, the public to consume. So the differences between the two are, are, are pretty great. Uh, to be able to get what they would call display fireworks delivered to you, you have to have certain permits. The background checks are crazy. Uh, to be able to uh, transport what they call display fireworks. You have to have a specific and special license that requires a huge training and background. 
The consumer fireworks are specifically for the consumers. They are tested for anyone off the street to be able to use properly. But that's why there are so many warning labels and right. things on there. Because we're use, people that are using those aren't always educated on the proper way to do it. And so that's really what the foundation's mission is about, is educating people on using fireworks properly. What are some of the best safety tips you can offer people? So... One of the things that um, I think is so important to us, um, especially now, you know, used to people would have block parties. They would know all their neighbors. They would go to their neighbors and, and everyone would pitch in and, and you know, the, everybody would know everyone and they would know people that were shooting fireworks and they would all come together and do it collectively. What we found now is that we don't know our neighbors anymore. We don't know who lives next door. Um, and... Because of that, we don't take into account, um, you know, maybe the safety of their property or their persons. So some of the biggest safety tips that I, I could say is be aware of your surroundings. Be aware of the wind. If you're going to shoot something up into the air, don't put the items near something that's flammable like a tree or someone's home or where something could potentially move in that direction. Always keep water out. Always keep a hose out. Make sure that we stand far enough back, uh, you know, from the specific item while they're shooting. It still is fireworks and it still is dangerous. And so, you know, I, I think sometimes during that time of year, people become comfortable being around fireworks because there are so many out there and they forget about how dangerous that they really are. I think one of the biggest things that I, I would like, I guess, to get across would be, please supervise your children. Kids don't always make the best decisions right. in regards to anything, but specifically fireworks. And so I, I would say that, you know, make sure you're supervising your children and what they're doing and make sure that they're following the labels on there and, and following the warning labels to make sure that they're operating the items um, uh appropriately. What are some common mistakes that people make? I would assume the probably the biggest mistake is having some booze with your fireworks. It, it's interesting. The more the injuries come down, the less this becomes an issue. But alcohol is always something that um, seems to diminish our decision-making ability <laughs> yeah. and always causes us to not be as fearful as maybe we should be. And so anytime you have alcohol that's around something dangerous like fireworks, you know, I certainly would recommend that uh, the people that are actually doing the discharge not use alcohol at all. Uh, I would also recommend that, um, you know, anytime you're going to shoot fireworks, make sure it's on stable ground, whether it be asphalt, or a driveway, or something like that, rather than grass. People think grass is really stable, but when you get the uh, power that's coming out of some of these fireworks, it could potentially rock a firework and tip over. And those are some of the things that, oh, I hear all the time about, oh, this one tipped over or whatever. If you don't really secure it so it can't tip over, and a lot of times we use cinder blocks, which mm -hmm. are great because they have a hole in the middle and you can just put the item inside and then it can't tip over. Right. It's a great way to make sure that you don't have that sort of um, incident occur. Yeah, and it can go shooting off the wrong direction and right into the crowd. That's right, right into the crowd or onto someone's roof or right into a tree 
or any you know, any type of thing like that. So you want to make sure that you can control as much as possible. And one of the things you can control is the direction in which the fireworks are going to go. TNT Fireworks helps out a lot of nonprofits too, right? You said a lot of the stands are run by nonprofit organizations. The majority of the locations that we have in Oregon or Washington are fundraisers for nonprofit organizations, whether it be churches, um, Boy Scouts, um, Parrot Heads. We have, it runs the gamut. And it's such a cool thing to drive around during the 4th of July and stop in and find out what all of these nonprofit organizations are doing with the funds that they raise from their fireworks tents. The majority of them can't make as much money as they make at a fireworks tent in such a short amount of time. And that's why it's really a great deal for them as well. You know, they're out there for a week and they can make a considerable considerable amount of money. Um, but it's great to go out and hear what they're doing, whether a church mm-hmm. is trying to buy um you know, speakers or a sound system, or we get a lot of churches that are just trying to send kids to camp. You know, they want to go to camp, and so they need those funds for that. Um, We get high school football teams or basketball teams or cheerleaders that need equipment. Um, You know, all the way around, we even have families that run our fireworks tents or stands specifically to make money to go on vacation. Wow. So they'll schedule their vacation for two weeks after the 4th of July. And then when they make their money from the standard tent, then they'll take off and go on vacation based on the funds that, that they've raised. So it's really a great thing uh, and way for um, nonprofits or families to, mm-hmm. to make money to support whatever their endeavor is. And, and it really does work out well for us too. I mean, we allow, um, we have a great relationship with Walmart and Fred Meyer and Safeway and Albertsons. And they are the ones that actually pushed us in the beginning to go to nonprofit organizations. Walmart came to us and said, hey, a lot of our stores support local nonprofits. If they wanted to run a location as a fundraiser, would you guys be okay with that? And they were kind of the ones that ended up starting that for us, um, you know, back in the early 80s. And we've just really, you know, pushed it to the extreme. And anytime we get somebody that wants to raise funds for one of our fireworks locations, it's a great deal for us. So if a a nonprofit is listening right now, how do they get involved? the, the best way now uh, is to hit our website, www.tntfireworks.com. There's a place on there where they can click on a link and it'll they can um, you know input all their contact information and someone will get in touch with them. It's, it's really pretty simple to um, get your name on that list. Now, you know, in the state of Oregon and Washington, we have a waiting list at this point okay. to yeah, be I would, able I would to, imagine. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. The amount of people that, you know, fireworks just dawns on them in May or June. And by that point, we're sitting there saying, well, we're already finished trying to figure out who's running these locations. Now we're on to figure out how are we going to get the product to the locations. And so, um, yeah, I would really advise people that if they want to run a location, hit us up in August or September, because by that point, um, you know, we're starting to finalize who's going to be running for the following year. 
So we have about a minute left. Okay. If you have a, a good piece of advice for anybody listening who wants to set off some fireworks this 4th of July, what's the best piece of advice you can give somebody? My best piece of advice is to always operate the items in the manner that they are intended safely and always keep water around. At the end of the day, you know, the water is the most important thing and make sure that, um, you know, when you're finished with the fireworks that you douse it in water and please throw away your trash. Nobody wants the trash to be left out on the street or left out in somebody else's yard. So please make sure you th- you dispose of the fireworks properly. Yeah, the 5th of July can be kind of ugly. It can be. <laughs> we, we go around and we pick up a lot of spent fireworks on the 5th of July. And also be very aware of the pets in your neighborhood too. Always be aware of pets. Um, keep them contained. They do get scared with fireworks. Try to keep them inside. Um, I know that a lot of people... Um, you know, have uh, vests that have weight on them that help pets feel better um, and don't become so uh, afraid of the fireworks. But yes, please keep uh, keep your pets in mind when you're shooting fireworks. We've been talking today with Jason Trout. Jason is the regional manager of TNT Fireworks. Thanks, Jason. Thank you. Metroscope is an Intercom Radio Portland public affairs program. I'm Gary Bloxham. If you're involved with a nonprofit or public affairs organization, or if you have an idea for an upcoming show, I'd like to hear from you. Visit MetroscopePDX.com and submit your ideas. You can also go to this station's website and submit your information there. Thanks for listening to Metroscope and enjoy the rest of your weekend.